Welcome to the NCO Journal Podcast, where we explore NCO professional development. This is a podcast series where we discuss published articles with authors and provide a forum for the open exchange for ideas, information, and solutions. I'm your host, Staff Sergeant Brandon Cox, Senior Editor of the NCO Journal. With us is the Managing Editor of the NCO Journal, Chago Zapata, Sergeant First Class Osvaldo Akide, NCOIC of the NCO Journal, and Tony Mena, also a Senior Editor for the NCO Journal. Today, we discuss the article PTSD and the Student Veteran with Sergeant Major David C. Cox, an instructor for the Department of Command Leadership at the Sergeant Major's Academy in Fort Bliss, Texas. Before we kick things off, can you please tell us a bit about yourself? Yes, uh, my name is uh, Sergeant Major David Cox. I'm currently an instructor at the uh, Sergeant's Major Academy. Um, I've been in the military now for 24 years. I've served in a variety of roles, the command sergeant major, operations sergeant major. Uh, I've been an observer controller trainer over at, or excuse me, an observer coach trainer at the uh, uh, Joint Readiness Training Center. Um, I, I just, I love what I, what I do right now is, uh, you know, now that I've, I've served in all these roles, I have a, uh, uh, a wide degree of, a wide span of experiences that I can now share with others, the next generations of sergeants majors that uh, the NCO Academy is uh, producing. Can you please give us a brief description of what your article is about? Yes, so um, I, I authored my article concerning the, the stressors that are experienced by students as they transition from a military role into uh, more of a full-time academic role. So this is, it's really common. You know, we have so many, um, so many service members that leave the military. They want to put their post 9-11 GI Bill to use, and then they go to college they, or they attend a university. And um, now many of, many of our military veterans um, have been exposed to trauma throughout the course of their career. You know, consider the, uh, the, uh, the wars in Iraq and Afghanistan, and um, and many much of that trauma is undiagnosed, uh, unacknowledged, and then the service member transitions from an environment that they're very familiar with to something that is that they're lacking experience in. So I noticed that I experienced some of this myself when when I uh, especially when I got my master's degree in education. I, I noticed that I was experiencing a significant amount of frustration because my support base had been taken away from me, or not taken away from me, but they were just, I was removed from them uh, in distance. I had to, I, I struggled initially um, with what I was, with what I was going through, that transition from the identity of soldier to the identity of a student. And I felt by researching that, the, the difficulties that I went through that I might be able to uh, identify commonalities and perhaps offer suggestions to others who had shared a similar experience with me. Sergeant Major, what was it like building teams online during the pandemic? As you mentioned in your introduction to the article, um, you know, having students from all parts of the country come there or be there already and then trying to get everybody to meet everybody that introduction phase, how, how difficult was that? Or can you talk a little bit about that? Of course, yes. So, um, you know, w- one thing to remember is, is 
as, as humans, we're creatures of habit. We, we tend to get into our comfort zone and when things are working well or things that we're familiar with over a period of time, we, we don't really like to change those things, even if they're not always the most efficient way of doing things. However, during the uh, COVID-19 pandemic, it was forced on us. Change was forced on, on everyone, and I would say largely around the world. Uh, we had to all uh, collectively learn how to do things differently uh, in the interest of preserving uh, our force, uh, looking out for the safety of our soldiers and the safety of, of in my case particular, our students. So uh, we had to overcome hurdles, uh, technology hurdles. We had to overcome the initial resistance to change. Um, and then build, trying to build a team dynamic when you are really, your interface is over a two-dimensional screen, a two-dimensional computer screen. It's not natural. It's not what we're used to. So um, it, it, it was challenging at first, uh, but over time, as people get more comfortable with things, they do start to realize the benefits of it. The number one benefit is obviously from, at least from the, the COVID-19 uh, scenario was, the benefit was the safety to the health and then the uh, preservation of our force, the protection of our force. Um, so it was challenging at first. Um, and over time we did get over it. And, and now that we seem to be on the, the downward slope of COVID-19. I don't want to say that it's over, it's not over, and it's, it's likely that it never will be over. We realize that we've gained a valuable skill in how to uh, conduct distance education, and it's something that we don't want to lose. We don't want to, you know, 10 years from now, 20 years from now, if should we ever again be faced with a similar scenario, a global pandemic or anything else that requires us to separate socially from one another, we, we don't want to lose that critical skill. So uh, we continue to uh, train on it. We, uh, you know, maintain the best practices that we're, we're so hard won. Yeah, I think that I think um, going overcoming that, those kind of obstacles actually opened up a bunch of opportunities, um, especially for academies. Um, I know at, at you know I was in SGL at AOC SLC and um, just being able to provide all the students with computers or, or means to have to do their work and things like that was an opportunity that we we didn't have before. Yeah, and of course, you know that's you, you bring up another thing. Um, computer literacy. Uh, we, we work to develop that um, at the academy. You know, at, at Sergeant's Major Academy, we are, we're training or we're providing an educational opportunity to the next generation of senior leaders. That being said, though, many of them, um, you know, they arrive to us with a different set of backgrounds, a different set of experiences, a different skill set. Um, not all of them are as proficient with some of the more advanced uses of uh, computers, uh, mobile phones, uh, technology in general. So once again, just as I said it at the beginning of the interview, we're all creatures of habit. We tend to fall back on what we know and what has worked for us in the past. So for those that had not yet had an opportunity to be exposed to uh, technology, distance learning, um, they there was a uh, there was that hurdle to overcome. There there was that challenge as we had to 
provide uh, additional instruction to those students to get them more confident with their uh, technical abilities. And, and those are just challenges of being a normal, uh, I wouldn't say normal student, but just a, a typical student. Um, and then you in your article, you mentioned um, that those with PTSD having a difficult time. Can you talk a little bit more about that? Yes. Uh, so there, there was an uh, there was a portion of my article that uh, if you if you read it, I mentioned John Rambo from the First Blood movie, and uh, and I, I thought of that as I was as I was writing the article because there was a port. You know, if if you watch the First Blood movie, which many many people's many people who have not been exposed to the military or have no familiarity with PTSD, they base their uh, knowledge on what they see in pop culture in the media. Unfortunately, that's kind of a, a, an extreme example, but that movie is essentially about a veteran with PTSD. There's a moment in the movie where John Rambo, Rambo played by Sylvester Stallone, says, I once, I once was in charge of million dollar equipment and now I can't hold down a job in a car wash. And I specifically had that thought in my head when when I first began my master's in education because I experienced so many frustrations um, being away from my support base. Uh, you know, I experienced the, the technological uh, obstacles, uh, just, just an overall lack of knowledge to how to navigate the educational world. And I thought back to myself that I once planned and led combat operations on the other side of the planet. Um, in the most complex and challenging terrain, um, uh, you know, working through um, logistical challenges, working through language barriers, and, and just all of the, the, the rigors of combat. And here I am now just struggling to set up my Microsoft Word document uh, so it will accommodate an APA formatted paper from my professor. And I experienced, I mean, that was, a, that was a real frustration for me because I knew what I was capable of, but I just didn't have the skills to, to do it. I really feel like that nailed it on the head for me and why I love this article. I had the same thing, got out, and that was 2008, went to college and just went through the same stuff where you know i was went from being in charge of because i was a corpsman so i was in charge of all this medical stuff had amazing platoon support friends uh, but i knew i had to get out and then yeah went through the same thing where it's like what am i doing but i knew it was the right course for me so that's why your article really resonated with me you know and, and one thing that us us military uh members do share for the most part is we do share this sort of a a dogged persistence in in wanting to achieve an objective. If you put, if you set an objective in front of us, we will we will give everything to accomplish that objective. Uh, it's just that uh, you know, so so definitely the desires there, the motivation is there. The only thing that we're sometimes missing uh, when we when we step away from our familiar support structure of the military to, uh, you know, the halls of academia for existence, uh, for example, it is the, it, 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 it's having that, those friends that we can lean over to, like we did in the military, the members of our team, who can we reach out to just to answer a simple question? 
So as I, as I researched more and more articles concerning post-traumatic stress disorder and um, students who were formerly soldiers, I realized that I wasn't alone, that there are so many that were sharing that they had the same experiences that I did, and they didn't know who to reach out for for help. Um, and and that gave me that gave me a lot of comfort because I knew that it wasn't me that I that I wasn't um, that I wasn't failing in some way. I was just experiencing a normal response to um, to typical stressors that are associated with post traumatic stress disorder. Actually, with that, and to put part of your article in here too. So you talk a lot about um, the online learning empowering the student because they have control over their environment um, but at the same time with the support you just talked about what's maybe some things that a student can do to feel supported without having to show up so keeping that online model that you promote which I think is great and also for them to feel like they're still a part of a community um, maybe what are some online options that they can pursue well okay so so number one is as there is no one magic bullet when we're addressing this issue. The uh, severity and effects of PTSD, uh, there are so many things that, that feed into it. So not everyone's PTSD is created equal is what I'm trying to say. Uh, it's, it's a combination of biology. It's a combination of experience. It's a combination of um, how someone was raised to address uh, friction points in their life uh, and maturity. Uh, so for every person it's not the same uh, the most important thing you can offer someone though is flexibility okay so as an educator i want to offer my students flexibility within the boundaries of the institution as to how they approach their academic objectives uh, so a student that maybe for example maybe they're uh they're doing this sort of traditional brick and mortar mortar university uh, but it's not working out for them, whatever reason. You can offer them other opportunities like uh, distance education, or you can even, uh, you know, introduce them to to a hybrid model where they are both attending courses uh, in person as well as uh, uh, doing some aspects of their courses online in the evenings, for example. Okay, so flexibility is the key for every one of them. What changes do you think? Uh, do you believe need to happen or need to be made to provide soldiers um, with PTSD more flexibility in an online education environment or just continuing their education after the Army? Yeah, so, um, you know, that, that was something I specifically set out to find. And I, I was looking at specifically for best practices, uh, recommendations. And what is really, you know, too, too many of the articles would conclude in the recommendations with, with really nothing. It, it would say, well, not much is known about this subject. So the authors of the article recommend that uh, more research is necessary to provide a concrete recommendation. And um, I, I encountered a lot of articles like that. And which led to more frustration on my part. I was like, why, why don't we know more about this? And because so many soldiers keep their, um, their, their symptoms concealed, that, that that's why there isn't a lot of good information about it. So really what I came down to, I didn't want to author something myself, for example, of my thesis, where I didn't have a recommendation. 
So the recommendations that I came down to were flexibility through the universal design for learning. Okay, so universal design for learning is a concept that is is has been in educational circles for quite some time, and uh, and it's a framework that offers a uh, a comprehensive and and great access for opportunities to uh, reach out to the broadest audience of students. Okay. Uh, so the basic tenet of uh, Universal Design for Learning, it's also known as UDL, uh, that involves making course material available in the widest range of formats for presentation. And what this does is it allows a student to choose their means of expression for interaction and then their sharing of ideas with their peers. Uh, if a student, particularly one with PTSD, is able to approach their educational objective using multiple avenues that is more likely to lead to greater success it's definitely going to lead to greater uh student comfort um as they're already navigating that you know probably one of the most challenging um moments in their life after they leave military service or or change their identity from soldier to student but if they have many pathways to reach that same educational objective they're more likely um, going to find the satisfaction that they're reaching out for and um, continue on with that program toward that ed educational goal. Sergeant Major, what advice would you give to a soldier that is about to ETS and join the educational environment? I've known a lot of young soldiers that as they're, they're getting out, they're only focused on the 50-meter target. They're focused on getting out. Okay, uh, but they don't have a good understanding of what what happens after the day you get out. The, the soldier leaves military service, not it, it, making an assumption that they're going to just walk right into their next job or walk right into college life and uh, and everything's going to go smoothly. And that's just not how life is. Uh, life isn't smooth. So approach that transition the same way that you do a military operation, which is have a plan and then have a backup plan to the plan and know what your resources are, have them listed, know who you can reach out to to call for support if you need help. What do you believe is the future of soldiers with PTSD uh, with regards to online training or education or even being able to work uh, online? Um, what do you believe? What do you see? Well, I would say that the future is bright for, for those, uh, for anyone uh, impacted with PTSD. And of course, much of uh, my article really focuses on post-traumatic stress disorder as, uh, as it relates to uh, combat. But PTSD can come from a number of things, uh, sexual trauma, for example. But to answer your question, it, it is bright. We've received many articles from the sergeant major academy uh, instructors and cadre and staff um, which just makes me assume that it's a completely lovely collaborative positive environment um, but can you describe that environment and then the second part which is the most important i think for our um, readers and listeners is how can they make their unit the same as basically what the sgma is doing and get people to write and submit these amazing ideas to us uh, and get their ideas out to the force. 
Oh, yeah. So the, you're right. The, the Sergeant's Majors Academy is an absolutely professional and uh, collaborative environment. Um, you know, during the, the course of our curriculum, our students will be with us for approximately 10 months as they cycle through the different departments, uh, at least for the resident course. Uh, and that's all I can speak to because that's all I have knowledge of. But um, there's, there's a lot of exchange of information amongst these senior military professionals with decades of experience. So we will we'll toss out an idea, a subject that we want to talk about, and then each of the students will share their experiences with that idea. And over the course of uh, uh, several hours of discussion, you have the input of, of at least 15 to 20 students, depending on the size of your classroom, that will offer their perspective on that one subject, which is now going to strengthen your knowledge of a subject. So we encourage all of our students to don't let that knowledge disappear into the ether. We encourage them to capture that knowledge um, on paper, uh, in documents, um, and then edit it together and share it out with the force so it doesn't just disappear with the classroom discussion. So you've got to be able to reach out and impact as many people as you can, as many soldiers as you can in a positive way. And one positive way is just sharing your knowledge and experiences and best practices with others. So to build on that real quick, um, let's pretend like you are a senior NCO at an infantry unit. How can you create a process or an environment for your soldiers to create write, edit, and send their knowledge out? I, I do have an answer for that. I don't always know it's the best answer, but I know it's an answer that works. First off, uh, when, during my time as a command sergeant major, we would direct that this happens. Now, it begins with direction, okay? So whenever you're being directive with someone, maybe you're going to get something really good and maybe you won't, okay? But after you've directed a couple of times and then you've rewarded the best behaviors, others will see that what happens to someone when they come up with good ideas that they're willing to articulate and share with others. And then you will have to be less directive because those other people will begin volunteering ideas. Many people will, in, your, in any organization, have certain skills. Some of them are are writers. Some of them are just um, naturally charismatic speakers. Some of them are, are maybe more introspective, but they come up with the good ideas. If you want more of a behavior, you've got to reward the behaviors that you want to see more of. And I tell you, some of the best ideas that I ever heard came from my more junior enlisted soldiers. So because they hadn't maybe been in yet long enough for someone to tell them that their idea wasn't good enough, okay? That's actually what, what holds too many people back is um, past experience. They've been told too many times that their ideas weren't good enough. Thank you, Sergeant Major, for joining us. And a thank you to our audience. Remember to put your knowledge to the page, submit articles, and get published with the NCO Journal. Don't forget to check out our webpage and follow us on social media. We'll catch you next time on the NCO Journal Podcast.